Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. We're back on Friday. It's November 17th on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Do you feel like our company is going under bets? It's probably going to. Sooner than later, with uh, you know just this recent update, which I, I guess we could just talk about off the top, that yeah. the DFS pass is now literally free for this week. So why don't you go ahead and tell the people why we're giving away uh, more money? I don't understand because you probably like myself woke up this morning to just on a whim. Andy said, "Hey, let's send this out to our giant email base. Let's announce this on the podcast. Let's cut the price." 70% off. Let's just do 70% off. We're not even halfway through DFS season. Let's do it. And I was shocked, appalled, and even I didn't even know about it. Did you? Did not. You know how I found out? I got the how? email as a as a customer because before I, you know, was an employee of this company, I of course was a jointhefoot.com member. And so I guess I'm still on the email list. <laughs> and so I saw it come through. I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what are we doing? And uh, and sure enough, it's it's legit. So yeah, the DFS pass is now seventy percent off. Uh, this is a one week deal. You know, to use this, this is this correct, Kyle? The code we have correct. One week. What is it? Try DFS twenty three is the code at checkout for this week to try it. Literally, it's in the code, right? You you got to try it. Um, and like Kyle said, you know, you might think, okay, it's week eleven, season's kind of almost over, but we go through the playoffs. You know, we those. Uh, wild card weekend divisional round slates are super fun we keep doing props all through the playoffs and then of course super bowl is uh, is a big part of what we do too so not even halfway through the dfs season this is just i don't even have the word for it anymore kyle just silly it's 17 dollars like less than like, 17 dollars <laughs> i i like i i honestly kind of hate it and i'll talk to andy later because it's like you know we, we still got we still got a lot of season and we do want people to play with us. So I get that part. I get that our Discord is a great place for people. You know, you and I even been throwing out NBA props just for fun. And uh, so... Fantasy basketballers, baby. Yeah. So just so you know, just peek behind the curtain, podcasting in general, you know, we're really fortunate for what we get to do. Really fortunate we get to work for a company that we love. And we're also really fortunate that we're not like living off of, hey, please buy this so that 
you know, like our company can stay afloat. We joke about that all the time. This is literally Andy saying, I think we want more people involved in DFS. It's been so fun, so successful. A lot of people trying it out for the very first time. So if you play DraftKings, you play FanDuel. And even I was talking to somebody this this morning in our Discord channel who plays Yahoo DFS, which a lot of people do that as well. They were using the optimizer. We were talking through how to use it. Like, just go to DFSPass.com. Use the promo code TRYDFS23. I hate starting a show with a promo, but I was so appalled that we were cutting the price this much that I figured, you know what? It's fine. You usually, in the past, bets used to say it's cheaper than a cup of coffee per week, but like, we can't use that anymore. I mean, people probably spend $17 a week. Some people do at Starbucks, like a week, right? Now, I mean, the whole thing was cheaper than that. So this is egregious. I'm gonna have to talk to corporate uh, and get this sorted out. Yeah, so uh, we just want to be able to play with you guys. Uh, we have our tournaments on DraftKings. We have our cash picks. We'll talk about the games. This week is three or four games we like. Then also, apart from those, at least three teams that you can build onslaught builds with. So it's it's a crazy week. It's different than the way that we've been approaching DFS the last couple of weeks. So we'll talk about those games. We'll talk about our picks. Let's get into the cash ones first. If I can find the button. Where's Randy Moss? There he is. Straight cash, homie. You know, we won't even have Randy Moss in this slate because who knows if Noah Brown's even going to play. He has transformed into Randy Moss in the last two weeks, which has just been fun to see, as has his teammate, uh, Devin Singletary, who has turned into Barry Sanders. That's the goal. And Devin Singletary is somebody that we'll talk about in a second. He's too cheap. Once again, if Damian Pierce is out, let's start at quarterback. And... We had a conversation on Tuesday saying, who are the cash viable guys? We don't really want to pay up for Josh Allen. It seems like to me, Kyler Murray at 6.1 on the road against the Texans or Brock Purdy at home, you know, as a double digit favorite this week, seems like the best option against the Buccaneers. Um, I have Purdy in my lineup right now. Yeah, they're both great. I think they're truly a coin flip. They are separated by uh, 300 bucks. So I'm going to probably just build the rest of my lineup as we get to Sunday and then let whatever I have left over dictate if I go up to Kyler or down to Purdy. I don't think you should feel bad if you can't go up to Kyler. Uh, We saw last week, you know, there was like a a three-week stretch where it was like, eh, Brock Purdy's kind of regressed a little bit and the Niners haven't been as good. Well, they get Debo back, they get Trent Williams back, and, and all is well. Now they get a matchup against Tampa where teams are choosing to throw. They should be ultra efficient, and especially in this game, uh, Tampa blitzes a ton. Purdy is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since he took over against the blitz, but they can't generate pressure. So you could just see Purdy absolutely get their efficiency wise this week. His weapons are healthy. So I love him. And then as far as Kyler goes, we took an under on props last week in rushing. We thought maybe he wasn't going to be truly 100% rush the way he would. Not only did he get three, uh, 33 carries, he also got a designed rush attempt close to the goal line, which resulted in a rushing score. So you're getting that version of Kyler plus the game environment, which we love. So um, it's a coin flip for me. Do you have a lean on on either guy? I have Purdy just because I'm leaning into the team implied total a little bit more. I think he has a safe floor. And then when I was just putting together my initial lineup, it was just the salary worked out. So if you need the extra $300, I do lean Purdy. On FanDuel, I think Purdy is one of the best plays. Justin Fields is only 7.4. And it... 
I know we might talk about that game, might talk about him a little bit later, but his rushing lines against the Lions last year were awesome. They were like historic. So Justin Fields, we got the surprise news that he's expected to start and his price tag is too cheap. Like if Justin Fields, like Justin Fields last year, if you were getting him in this spot against the Lions, a dome game, like he's going to be way over 8K. So on FanDuel at 7.4, I think he's too expensive. I think DraftKings did a fine job of just saying like, you, you got to pay for him on that site. So I don't really prefer him there um, in cash, but he's a fun, volatile play that we'll talk about more later. Have you changed your tune at all on Tony Pollard, you know, after taking two or three days to marinate on it? Uh, I still have no clue what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, so I guess not. But it's the matchup, right? I mean, everyone gets there against Carolina. Every running back does. They're allowing the most rushing touchdowns in the league. They're dead last in rushing EPA on the season. 31st in schedule adjusted points allowed. Yada, 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 yada. Tony Pollard has been one of the least efficient backs in football. So at this point, you're just asking yourself, is he is he an okay play at his price tag in the best matchup possible? If you prefer Brees Hall, I wouldn't get upset with anyone for that. If you prefer to pay up for Travis Etienne over Tony Pollard, I think that's totally fine. But like where he's priced for 15 touches in a good spot seems like a good play. So I'm kind of leaning towards playing him, but I'm not locked in. Where are you, where are you at? I, I'm leaning towards playing him. And, you know, it's a matchup. It's a price thing. It's also my builds so far have been three running back builds. And I think like I think he projects along with Devin Singletary to be the most popular running backs uh, among them. So it's kind of the question of like, are you afraid of Tony Pollard? I know the quick answer is like, nah, the dude hasn't done nothing. But at this price point, I think it wouldn't shock either of us if he went for over 100 in a score based on the matchup. And and at 6.6, I think that is something that you need to hold on to. So some people listening to this would be like, hey, I can't do it again. In DFS, I don't really care. Like I, I, I personally don't have Tony Pollard in any leagues. So in DFS, I feel fine. Like if I get hurt, I can go back to it. So Tony Pollard... And Devin Singletary at 5.3 might be my favorite cost-sensitive plays. Yeah, Singletary, I think, is a lock if Damian Pierce is out. Um, It's the Cardinals, man. We've been playing running backs against them all year. And Singletary has handled 98% of the running back carries over the last two weeks with Pierce out. So it's his backfield, and it's a great matchup, and he's only 5,300. So he'd be an interesting uh, fade candidate in tournaments. You just hope he doesn't do what he did last week. But for cash games, you really can't poke any holes if Damian Pierce is out. So if that's the case, Singletary is certainly in my lineup. Yeah, Pollard, I want to say on FanDuel at 6.9 is almost a lock for me. Like where it's a much more touchdown-centric site. You're not looking at bonuses. So on FanDuel, Pollard's in. Singletary at 6.5. Those are both probably our top two of the week. But then CMC, let's talk about him. 9,300 on DraftKings. He's 10K on FanDuel against the Buccaneers. Are you willing to add him as the third running back in your build? So it's a tricky week because, you know, in a vacuum, it's like, yeah, I would love to play Christian McCaffrey, but he's so expensive and 10K on FanDuel is crazy, but he's earned it, right? Like obviously last week he didn't get the touchdown, but every week in his projection, you're basically banking in a touchdown um, and on, on FanDuel that goes a long way. As far as the matchup, it's not great. Tampa certainly has been elite against the run. Teams are choosing to pass on them. But this is Christian McCaffrey, and this is the Niners offense that should score 
28 plus points as the team implied total says. So for those reasons, like he projects very well. I think what it, the decision point comes down to for cash games is, do you want to prioritize Tyree Kill uh, on DraftKings especially or Christian McCaffrey? Because there's not a lot of awesome punt options this week that I love. So in order to fit one of those guys, you have to pay down somewhere else and you certainly can't fit both. So do you have a lean? Because I think that's what it comes down to. Do you have a lean of, of CMC versus Tyreek? I have Tyreek in mine, and part of that is I have Purdy, so I'm hoping to soak up, you know, at least two touchdowns through the air that way with the 49ers. I can I already know this is what we're, the messages you're gonna get for saying that bets. People are gonna look, I could totally put Tyreek and CMC in my lineup. Yes. But what I, w- I want to encourage you to do is that if you play both of those, you're probably punting two positions, right? Like you're probably gonna have to punt a wide receiver and maybe one other. That when you add up the projections, which is all I care about, when I when I see messages on Discord or in you know anywhere that says, "Is this lineup good?" You know, what do the projections say? Add them up, and yes, Tyreek and CMC are going to project for twenty plus points each. But are you sacrificing it because you had to punt two wide receivers or wide receiver and tight end? You don't have enough money to get up to Trey McBride, and you know you're getting cute elsewhere. So keep that in mind. But I prefer Tyreek um, with a higher team implied total. Miami scored 30 plus points every single home game. And Tyreek, you know, I was looking at the expected fantasy points, which is uh, the article I actually did this week in the DFS pass. Tyreek has slightly underachieved over the last month, which is wild to say because he's scoring touchdowns like crazy. So Tyreek's kind of my preferred strategy. Yes, his last four games 10, 15, 13. 10 targets and you're telling me he's been underperforming in fantasy um yeah on a full ppr site i'm gonna take that i think over mccaffrey not that mccaffrey isn't an awesome play too but like you said for those reasons we'll lean uh with tyree kill as our top play so talk to me about jerome ford because he's kind of emerged as one of my favorite plays this week he's only 5.2 at home against pittsburgh and granted it is the lowest total tied for the lowest total of any game over the last decade, the last game that had a total of 33 or below, it was also the Steelers at the Browns. This was back in 2012. So he's getting the work. It's a good matchup, and I bet they're going to run the ball a ton. So I feel like at 5.2, I like him if as one of the players in the mix. Yeah, I think he's okay to include in your pool. I don't see a huge ceiling in this spot for Drone Ford just because of the game environment. I mean, like you said, the, the total... Like when I looked this week, it like literally caught me off guard. I was like, wait, is that right? And what was even crazier is that they were still favored at the time by like two and a half. And then now it's down to, I think, a pick them or, or minus one in favor of Cleveland. It's like, man, they're still favored against Pittsburgh, even with DTR under center. And, and they are. So, um, yeah, that's that's the tricky thing for me is the game environment is so terrible, but he's only 5.2. And I think we would both agree he's probably a decent bet for 15 plus touches when you combine his rush attempts and his uh, receiving work. So at that price tag, you know, that's hard to poke holes in, in a good matchup. So I get it. Uh, but like I said, the game environment is just absolutely terrible. And then one more running back that might throw uh, fall through the mix a little bit. We won't even talk about this game. It's Travis Etienne at home against the Titans, who kind of slowly have been given up on the ground. We've kind of had them as a stay away matchup for a couple of years, but he's getting the workload. I mean, you're getting 20 plus opportunities. And last week, the Jaguars were just boat raced four turnovers they scored three points as a team. So I think Travis Etienne is interesting at tournaments in 7.2. I don't think I could play him based on the other value at this position, but I think he's a he's a solid play. Let's go to wide receiver. Tyreek and Amon Ra 
feel like our best elite players that we like. Amon Ra on FanDuel is only 8.9, which is a great tag. So he's one of the key players that I have in my FanDuel cash pool. But tell me how you're building this week at wide receiver. Yeah, I think Tyreek's in my lineup. It's just We already talked about the spot. It's just so clean against the Raiders. So he's in, and then it's really a, a tricky decision to try to jam in another of the 8K guys like Cup or Amon Ra. I did build a team that you can get Amon Ra and Tyreek in. However, you're playing two tight ends, and that is not something I want to do. Um, it was McBride and an Ingram team. So it's like if you view Ingram as like a PPR wide receiver, it's fine. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. But just two tight ends makes me sick. <laughs> it makes me ill, Kyle. So um, I'm prioritizing Tyreek. And if I can get Amon Ra, great. And if not, no big deal. You can drop down a little bit. Uh, Christian Kirk, you know, we, we talked a lot about Calvin Ridley on the Dynasty show and how this is the Christian Kirk show as far as first read targets, uh, target share, you know, all the peripheral metrics, yards for outrun, all that sort of stuff. It's in favor of Christian Kirk. And now he gets a pretty good spot against Tennessee, where I think we both agree uh, the Jaguars should play much better this week. Um, Hollywood Brown, 5,300 is always going to be in play just because of his target share taking on Houston. But I have another issue with that team just because T, uh, T McBee, Trey McBride is locked in, I think for both of us. And then I think Rondale Moore is an acceptable, albeit very low ceiling cash play. If you want to punt it off for 3,300, he did see eight targets last week. And you talked about this in pace of play is that the Cardinals actually went pretty pass heavy in their first game with Kyler, something they have not been doing with Clayton Toon and Josh Jobs when he was still there. So I think two of those three are fine. I certainly would not pay three of those guys in cash. Yeah, and Betts, I'm not going to lie. I was super distracted for a second. Someone just sent me the, what the Chargers just tweeted out, and oh, no. they put together a two-hour montage of all 10,000 of Keenan Allen's receiving yards. Okay, well, podcast is over. <laughs> I, I, I'll see you in two hours, man. I just, it's, it's two amazing. hours. No. Yeah. They <laughs> just put crazy. together like somebody, which I, man, I am whoever you are that put that together on the social media team. The, you know, you had all the amazing work. Cause that sounds like you had to splice together, you know, since 2013, a bunch of clips of every single reception and receiving yard ever. That might be how I sleep at night now. Just how, you know, how I go to bed. Hey honey, I'll see you in two hours. Um, <laughs> Man, I'm a new man now. Okay, so here's what I'm seeing at wide receiver, which is a perfect segue, right? Wide receivers, the wide receiver. Uh, Tyreek and Amon Ra, middle tier, punt. I So of the punt options, I think Jaden Reed is at the like height of where you can go. Somewhere in the 3 to 4K range, I want a wide receiver that I can project for 5 plus targets and can pay off with seven to eight points. So my options right now are Jaden Reed at 4K, Michael Wilson, 3.4, Kyle Phillips, the Titans wide receiver at 3K, who has seen about three receptions every single Will Levis game. Are you interested in those dudes? I like Jaden Reed a lot, actually, for tournaments. Um, I'm just the Chargers, man. Their secondary is is uh, not great currently at the football. Uh, I like Jaden Reed a quite a bit i just think that the projection for him is somewhat fragile in terms of you know could it be luke musgrave could christian watson see more you know it's just like they have so many guys so i could totally see a scenario where it doesn't work out but i don't totally see the case for him in tournaments so i I actually like Jaden reed quite a bit as a dart throw this week i think michael wilson's totally fine 
Um, the tricky thing with that game, right, is like they're all pretty good cash plays as far as the Cardinals go. So the, the roster percentage is going to be outlandish in tournaments. It but, is wild to say that, though. You're, I mean, you're spot on. Kyler, James Conner, Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson, Rondale, Trey McBride. All of those guys are cash viable. Right. And that's that's what makes me scared for that game in tournaments. But like I said, you can include them in your pool. I think I prefer Rondale just for like the PPR safety compared to Michael Wilson. But Wilson has a much higher ceiling, certainly. And then Kyle Phillips, he's kind of interesting. I don't know that I would go there in cash, but he's been seeing a handful of targets each week. He's had like three or four catches on a week in and week out basis. If Traylon Burks is out again, Kyle Phillips is in play. And I also want to just give a quick shout out to uh, Jason, who I'm happy with and upset with because on Saturday, he messaged in our one of our Slack channels. He said, hey guys, uh, you know, Kyle Phillips, over 21 and a half receiving yards has to be the lock of the week, right? And I replied to him, I said, is that the big shimmy lock of the week? Should I tell, you know, the Foot Clan, everyone in the DFS pass? He ghosts me, doesn't doesn't answer. Monday morning, he messages me, hey man, did you see Kyle Phillips had his receiving props? I was like, dude, you could have won everyone listening to our show, everyone mm-hmm. in the DFS pass win money, and he held it all to himself. So Jason was selfish this this time, but maybe we'll look. It, just be be ready in the props channel. We'll uh, We'll see what's going on. So we're learning something about the owners of our company. Andy, if you if you aren't on Twitter to see Andy's rage, he's a very uh mad person at Papa Josh. So make sure you check that out on Twitter. Um he cut the price. Shimmy, you know, basically said, "Hey, you're not getting any of this Kyle Phillips." And then Mike's in Disneyland right now. What's happening? I We're falling apart. I don't know. I I'm working. And I'm working next week. I'll tell you when we have the biggest show we do all year. Oh, baby. The Megalodon episode. So big, we got a lot going on. I like Kyle Phillips at 3K because if Kyle Phillips got you, I don't know, bets one point, he fumbles or something. I don't know, two points. Do you care? Uh, Probably if Rondale or Michael Wilson give you eight or nine. Yes, but it's not going to bury your team. No, but it could certainly hurt your team. Yes, I I will definitely take Kyle Phillips in a better matchup against the Jaguars' pass defense than Rondale Moore, who will get two carries and three receptions for one yard. Like he's Rondale's one of my least favorite, but maybe we should water bet that. I'm down. Okay, Kyle Phillips, Rondale Moore, and we know we'll pay this out, so it's really, really, really awesome. Yep. Um, any last thoughts on wide receiver? Um, no, I think we hit on everything that's cash viable this week. All right, a tight end play, Trey McBride. He's locked in. Um, I really wrote a lot more about it in the DFS pass, but I, like if you're making me pick one, I'm playing him over over uh, Hollywood Brown this week in cash. Yes, he is the first read in this offense currently over the last several weeks since he's emerged. You know, with with Zach Ertz out, his first read target share, his usage, uh, his design targets, all that sort of stuff. Like they are scheming looks for him. You talked about this in the expected fantasy points article. He should be. 52, 53, 5,400, something like that. So enjoy the discount while we have it. It is not going to last long. And the matchup against Houston is awesome. They are one of the worst against fantasy tight ends. So uh, Trey McBride's in your lineup. I'm guessing in double ups. I'm going to get a number in my head. I think Trey McBride will be played somewhere around 55% of the field. Was that the number you had? The number that popped in my head was 45, so somewhere in that range. 
Okay, uh, probably at least half the field. So that's that's another reason that we say, hey, don't make a big deal of this right now. You might have other tight ends that you can play in tournaments if you want to get leverage, but make other people make mistakes. Ride the wave of a tight end that's ascending and in a great matchup too. Um, so on FanDuel, he's 5.9. Sam Laporta, we'll talk about him. He's a great tournament play this week, I think. He's uh, 6.7 on FanDuel. And then a defense... We talked on Tuesday, you either pay up for Dallas at 4.1 or punt with the Packers at 2.3. There's some other middle-tier options that we really like, especially with the Steelers now. They get to play DTR. Uh, that one's nice. Washington plays against Danny DeVito. Uh, Miami plays against AOC. I mean, DeVito, AOC, DTR. Those are the guys. Those are the boys this week, man. Those um, are the boys. Yeah, I, they're all honestly good. Again, kind of like quarterback when we talked about Purdy versus Kyler. Let the rest of your lineup be what you build first and then see what you have left over. All of those kind of mid-3K options I think are really strong this week. They project very well. But if you do need the money, I think you still can go all the way down to the Packers at 2300 taking on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. We know Herbert will drop back a ton. And now the, the pass-catching group is even more banged up which is crazy to say with you know keenan on the injury report as is gerald everett so they're fine if you need to save the money i don't think you should stress about not getting you know the steelers or or the dolphins or whatever but if you have the money i prefer those guys all right just just to like help me with my life do you think keenan plays this week i think he does ultimately okay i i need that for my home league team and i need that just for my life uh on fanduel I really like the 49ers at 4K. It's a little different than what you want to do on DraftKings, but 4K at home against Baker Mayfield. They looked pretty awesome last week against the Jaguars uh, with Chase Young and and uh, Nick Bosa. That was uh, pretty sweet. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Let's go in to the games that we want to stack this week and help you take down a tournament. Stack attack. The first game has changed a lot. The line now is Miami minus 13 and a half. They're at home against the Raiders. That gives Miami a 30 point team implied total, which means bets that Miami's team implied total hasn't changed. But the Raiders have. So people have just been betting down the Raiders team implied total, which makes sense because they've hit it, let me count, once this entire year. And they have a new head coach, or a new interim head coach, I should say, Antonio Pierce, who, as a former linebacker, apparently just really appreciates running the ball. And that seems to be the game plan. So um, what's your outlook on this game? And do we even need the Raiders? I don't think you need the Raiders at all. I just want to bet on the Dolphins for obvious reasons. They come out of their bye week, which is just an extra 
you know, positive for this team. They're at home. Talked about the team total. Uh, the efficiency is off the charts. They've got playmakers everywhere that you can get different in tournaments too if you want to. Like obviously Tyree Kill is is incredible, but I think these running backs are super interesting for tournaments because when you look at where they're priced, there's a lot of uncertainty. It's like, well, how much work will A-Chan get in his first game back? How much will Mostert get? You know, uh, right around the, the Tony Pollard price range, they're a little cheaper than ETN. No one's going to play these guys, I don't think, on DraftKings. And so in a matchup where you can definitely run on the Raiders, I am super interested in these guys for tournaments, just given the efficiency we've seen. So to answer your question, I don't think you need a Raider. And it's pretty clear that I think the Dolphins will have success here. So do you have any leans on, on this for tournaments? I mean, I love the running backs because not a lot of people are going to play them. I think Mostert is a really good play. Um, so like if you wanted to do a double double stack, I'd consider Mostert to be that third partner, uh, to be that third it. guy. Yeah, and you just you just go that direction. I, I think Mostert's going to come in 5% in tournaments, maybe even less. And Jalen Waddell on DraftKings, nobody wants to click that price because you look at it and you're like, 7,600. I just can't do that. On FanDuel, he's 7,100, which means that there's a major misprice there. So on FanDuel, he'll get played uh, part of the two of double stacks. But yeah, I think it's real simple. You just, you go with Tua, who has actually slightly underperformed over the last month. And at home this year, he's averaging 303. So if you knew you're getting 303, that's really awesome. I added up the price. If you have Tua, Tyreek, and you bring it back with Devontae, that's half your salary. So ask yourself you kinda, on DraftKings. You kind of can't really do that. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. You you have to have over 100 points from those guys. So that's the issue I'm having with the Raiders side is, you know, Devontae's getting the targets. Josh Jacobs, you know, they want to run him into the ground. I just hate paying this price. So I think at the end of the day, I like the under in this game, but I like Miami to hit their team pled total. Yeah, that makes sense. I will just say on the... um the Raiders stuff like they've openly talked about or you know the head coach has openly talked about trying to get Josh Jacobs to the century mark and that's how you win games and you know turning the turning the clock back to 1998 um but I think he's dead serious and like I could legitimately see him handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs down two touchdowns in this game no matter what and the thing is you can actually run on Miami they are dead last in EPA per rush attempt since week six so I don't know how efficient Jacobs will be, but the matchup's great. I'm interested to see where his roster percentage settles because I think he could be an interesting play if he's like, I don't know, 10, 12, 13%, something like that. Like That'd be fine. If he gets up to 18, 20%, I, I want no part of it, given just the overall concerns on on the Raiders. But man, we we had the situation with Chuba Hubbard. Remember like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, whatever, when Miles Sanders was out, he was the cheap play. And it was like, ah, oh, like, you know, they're 12 point underdogs against Miami. Are they really going to run? Trevor was awesome. Chuba Hubbard was awesome against against them on their ground game. So I think Josh Jacobs can still get there. It's kind of intuitive because they're such big underdogs, but I just want to point out, I think this is a good spot for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he needs to be in your pool of players. I mean, nobody else. I'm not looking at Jacoby Myers. He is uh, in AOC games this year, like just been irrelevant. The last three weeks, it's been like two, two and one reception. So um, it's either Jacobs or Adams. And I think, I think just think Adams is too expensive. So, um, any other thoughts? I mean, like you're not playing the tight ends. doesn't really matter. So I will take the under. I will take the over on the Dolphins 30 points. I like it. Next game, Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans. 
which we all knew was going to be the game of the year, or at least the game of the week. 48 and a half over under. Houston is now a five-point favorite. The interesting part about this game is that you look at what CJ Stroud's done and you want to just insert this team, insert the Cardinals and say this is going to be a back-and-forth affair. Like, Houston doesn't play fast, but they've needed to play fast uh, in that Buccaneers game. Like, they needed to actually push the last week against the Bengals. Same thing. So, it's more of like what the situation dictates, neutral situation. They're just fine. They're just middle of the pack. So, I, I think a lot of people have just done Stroud double stacks recently, or even a triple stack that won the Millie a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if that's my preferred way of looking at it. So I don't know, like, are you using CJ Stroud? Cause he's expensive now. He is expensive and that's going to keep his roster percentage in check. I think a little bit. So I do have some interest depending on what news we get on the wide receivers. Uh, as of Thursday afternoon, we did not have uh, Noah Brown at practice two days in a row with a knee issue. So if he is out, it makes the double stack somewhat clean with Tank Dell and Nico Collins, assuming Collins is healthy, or Dalton Schultz. And this is, you know, really the thesis of the play two weeks ago when people played Stroud and GPPs was, oh, Devin Singletary is going to be 30 plus percent. I'll just hope he fails and play CJ Stroud instead with his pass catchers. And so that's the path uh, as far as if I have interest in him or not for tournaments is if we get that scenario that plays out, if Tank and Nico are manageable roster percentage and no one's playing Stroud, then I'm very interested as leverage off of Devin Singletary. There's not really a piece in this game that will not be rostered. And that doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just pointing it out that you're not, you can't really get cute here with anyone. And I mean like anyone in this game. So I, I, I'm more, I think I'm approaching this game for tournaments more as just mini correlations and just saying, you know, pick two. So is it McBride and Singletary, which is a lot of chalk. Is it Michael Wilson and Tank Dell? Is it James Conner and Tank Dell? Like that's the kind of way I, think I'm going to approach it and stay away from super chalky builds, which I, I, it's weird to say that a double stack because the field never does it enough. Bets and I always talk about that. I think the field will double stack this game a lot. I mean, if the roster percentages that we are currently seeing are correct, then they obviously will. We talked about Michael Wilson, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Kyler, and Trey McBride in our cash section. And those guys are all going to be 18 to 20 percent or higher each each of those guys in large field tournaments so it's a game that's really tricky to diagnose um, i guess my question then just because for you kyle with how much roster percentage is here is there any of these players that you're willing to fade uh, or come and underweight the field on specifically like the high profile guys like hollywood trey mcbride uh, those kind of names I've been pretty fortunate to be off Hollywood for a couple of weeks. And I talked about him on the dynasty podcast about how bad he is against zone coverage. The problem with looking at stats like that is just Hollywood will get, you know, 30, 25, 30% of snaps in man where he is the best player on the team. So it's, it's totally possible that he catches a long bomb in man coverage. I just, I find that I don't like playing him. His yardage totals have not been there at all. Like this entire year, you used to think Hollywood was this deep, you know, hundred yard bonus kind of guy. Like he hasn't really been that at all. So I find that he's somebody that you can definitely shy away from. Devin Singletary is like, like I said, there are other options at running back that I think can give you different builds because if you're getting the wide receivers in the middle range, Hollywood, Tank Dell, 
Nico's kind of expensive to be honest. And then you're adding in Singletary, like you're you're eating in chalk, but you're also building in a lot of builds that have the same price range. Flip a build, have more expensive running backs, have more expensive wide receivers in other spots, and you get leverage. So I, I think what I like most about this game is the leverage I can get off of it if I'm not fully stacking it. Yeah, makes sense. I think to answer my own question, I would be very comfortable fading uh, Hollywood Brown in this spot just because of what you described on the Dynasty show as far as how he profiles. I actually think Trey McBride might be okay chalk, (laughs) which is is so wrong. Just a 4,400 tight end who's going to be massive chalk you know, just for years, it was oh, auto-fade in tournaments because these guys fail all the time, right? And I'm not saying Trey McBride is a guarantee to succeed, but when you look at how they're using him and how they want to use him as far as this and the matchup, it's really hard to poke holes. So I'm going to play a lot of Trey McBride this week. I know the field bowl too, but I'll just look to get uh, different elsewhere in my lineups. Yeah, we, we talked about his percentage in cash. I bet in small fields, he's going to be like 40 plus percent. Probably. Okay, and my take on this game is I like Arizona to cover. Oh, we're taking the plus five? Yeah. I'm going to take the under on the game total. That's fine. Yeah, it's been bet up. All right, next game, Seattle at Los Angeles. The Rams, I feel like this game is going coming in under the radar. Matthew Stafford's back. The line has changed. Is it now back to Seattle minus one? Yeah, it flipped since our last uh, discussion. It's now Seattle favored by one point. The over-under is 46. We like Seattle, and we saw it last week, like, when they can have big explosive plays in the passing game, they're awesome. Uh, they've been terrible inside the red zone, but that's the kind of thing that you just kind of expect corrects over time. I think Ken Walker is an interesting tournament play this week. Uh, nobody really wants to play him anymore because of the snap counts, but I think he's a good tournament play. Um, yeah, it, it, there's just... This is a game that I don't think you have to fully stack, but I think there's correlating pieces here that you could really lean into. For sure. I'm interested to see what the field does with the uh, the Rams pass catchers because we know Cooper Cup, especially at 8200 on FanDuel, is an outstanding price tag, but 8100 on DraftKings and then Puka at 7100 These guys have shown us they have a massive ceiling when Matthew Stafford is healthy. If we get some positive news you know, later today on Friday, throughout the weekend on Stafford's health, those guys look like awesome tournament plays because they are going to be under the radar when you look at everyone trying to jam in, you know, Amon Ra and uh, Tyreek and then in the middle range dropping down to like the Christian Kirk types and Marquise Brown. This like 7K range, I don't think it'll get played very much at wide receiver on DraftKings. So it's an interesting uh, leverage spot on this slate. Yeah, I'm seeing right now in our optimizer, Cooper Cup's going to be a little over 10% and you can bet Nakua is going to be lower than that. I see him right now at seven and a half. So I think they're both great plays at their price point. You know, Cup has some really good splits, but yeah, that price tag you mentioned on FanDuel for Cup makes me want to play him in cash, in tournaments. I think he's just an awesome play. So these teams both target the wide receivers a ton. You can ignore the tight ends. Who cares? I'm not looking at Daryl Henderson. Walker's a fine tournament play. So if you want to do Walker Cup or Walker Nakua, I think that's fine. Are you stacking Gino, because I Stafford gives you nothing in the running game. He's just not somebody I'm interested in. Yeah, he's a little too expensive, especially on DraftKings. Stafford is just for injury concern, and he really hasn't had these like you know ceiling games that you need at that price tag um, to to really get there. So I'm not playing Stafford this week. As far as Gino, I think he's interesting. I mean, we finally saw a good game from him last week, and we know where the football goes. 
with Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. So it's, I think, somewhat clean as far as stacking him. Um, I think he's okay. I don't know. I don't have a strong take on on Gino. I'm going to kind of let the field dictate where I go with that side of the game. Like if if these guys aren't going to be played in a game total that's pretty high, 46 points and a tight spread and two teams that are willing to throw, like I'm interested here. But if they get popular, then I might look elsewhere. So this is a, a roster percentage sort of play for me as far as the double stack with Gino, Metcalf, and Lockett. Yeah, and the Rams... Just so, just so you know, this isn't the same Rams defense you've thought about in the past. Yes, they still have Aaron Donald, but one of these wide receivers, Metcalf, Lockett, JSN, is going to have a big game against the worst team, according to PFF's coverage grade. So I will take one of those wide receivers and play them uh, alongside. If you want to stack Geno, I probably won't, um, but you saw last week what he can do. Like, that's the Geno we loved, 300, three touchdowns kind of thing. So give me your Vegas take. I actually kind of lean the Rams on this side. That's what I took. I took it in our company pool. Uh, now that it's Rams plus one, that's great. But yeah, it's basically a pick em. Last game we're going to talk about is Chicago at Detroit. And last year, these were the games. If you went after them in DFS, the last two games that they had, 51 and 61 combined points. Those are Justin Fields games, and now we get him. So that's really cool. Detroit is a seven and a half point home favorite. When we got news that it was Justin Fields, then, you know, this this line changed. What, two, two and a half points, something like that? And the over-under is 48. So, how are you attacking this game? I love this game. I think it's one of my favorite ones on the slate, just because, like you said, you saw the, the spread early in the week. You're like, okay, yeah, Detroit, nine-point home favorite, 10-point home favorite, whatever it was. They're just going to ice it away with Montgomery and Gibbs and kind of take away all the play volume. But... With Justin Fields back in the lineup, not only do you see the line move in favor of Chicago, but you also see a ceiling case for this game where it certainly wasn't there with with Bajim. With Fields under center, they should be willing to run him more, I think, assuming he's healthy, which he's practicing in full. Uh, given that both Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman have been limited throughout the week with their ankle injuries, rationally, you would think coaching-wise, okay, let's use our best runner. That's Justin Fields, Right in a spot against a Lions team that we, you know, early in the year, we kind of go out over our skis defensively. It's like, man, they held Pat Mahomes in check on prime time in week one. Uh, this team has been great, but they haven't faced good quarterbacks. They faced, uh, of course, Mahomes, but since then, Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, Baker, Lamar, they got absolutely torched. Jimmy G ended up getting benched and Justin Herbert last week, who he absolutely torched them. So when they have played competent quarterbacks, they've gotten destroyed. Uh, the Lions are 28th in EPA per play, 29th in success rate defensively since week six. So I want to attack this game on the Chicago side because Fields feels like an awesome GPP play, especially on DraftKings. And then no one is playing DJ Moore or Cole Komet, especially with Trey McBride sitting just a couple hundred dollars more. Yeah, I, I, I do think, though, that Cole Komet will get played. 4,100 is is just a great price point, but yeah, more is like a leverage point. Um, this game is interesting because it's kind of flipped where you've seen the upside with fields in the past. And that is so tantalizing for his price point. The running backs on the Lions side are just expensive for splitting where you're just like, am I going to get each get a touchdown? And then neither of them gets over 25 points like that. That feels like their cap ceiling right now uh, in this game against the best run de- is this the best run defense in the NFL? The Lions? No, 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 the Bears. 
Oh, the Bears. Yeah, they're the, they've been the best for a while now at stopping the run. Which is a weird sentence to say. They're number one in EPA per rush attempt. So it's like, it's a weird thing to say. So um, for me, it's Goff double stacked with Amon Ra and another piece, Laporta, or dart throw of the week, Jamison Williams, which because I say that, people are going to play him now. He's the best player to lose your money on. Oh, guaranteed. As soon as you're ready to buy in, <laughs> just get ready to get hurt. Um, no, I like I like that a lot. We talked about that a little bit just saying on Tuesday's show, like this golf tag is one he can pay off, especially at home, right? Where he's averaging a ton of yardage. Multiple touchdown passes are certainly in play. And, you know, I know that the Lions want to run the ball and they have had success all year, so they probably will keep doing it. But if they stall out, they've actually shown us, Ben Johnson, the OC, has shown us that they are willing to abandon the run at times and throw when they need to. We saw that against Tampa weeks ago when Dave Montgomery got hurt. Um, we saw it recently with uh, a matchup as well. So I think that they might lean into the pass more here. And so, of course, Amon Ra is great. Sam Laporta, like you said, feels like an awesome tournament play. Chicago has allowed the highest catch rate in the league to tight ends. So I love that. And then I think you talked me into to Jamison Williams, man. Dart throw material of the week, 3300 direct price point, uh, pivot off of Rondell Moore, off of Michael Wilson. What does he need? Two catches to pay it off with the deep bomb? Yeah, I'm going to look up his roster percentage just just to make sure that like nobody in their right mind likes him. I mean, like, I don't know if you saw in the Pace of Play article I wrote up, Jameson Williams and Cedric Tillman as dart throws. The boys. That's <laughs> as, as my friend Betts would say, that is some sick, sick stuff. Yeah, right now in our optimizer, I'm seeing 0.34% for Jameson Williams. Yeah, that feels great. That's not even, that's not a dart. That's like stupidity. Yeah, and the reason that you're mentioning him is because he had his highest route rate of the season last week, got some praise from the OC and the head coach a little bit in the blocking game, which we've talked about that on the Dynasty show, and Chicago's getting, giving up a ton of deep passes, so it's like, this is the perfect spot. If ever you were going to bet on him to just have three catches for 85 yards and a touchdown, this is the spot. I need it to be like one for 100, because I feel like that guy only catches one. Just hit the bonus in one play, get a touchdown. Ah, Okay. I think this is definitely morphing into one of my favorite games too. You've talked me more into it where we talked about Las Vegas, and Miami. We don't really believe in the Raiders, um, Arizona and Houston, lots of roster percentage, Seattle and the Rams. It's fine, but it's more of like correlating pieces. This one's been bet up to 48. And I think you could stack either side at, in a dome. Yeah. In a dome and the roster percentages aren't going to be out of control. So I like this game a lot. I think, that line's a good line, seven and a half. I think I would take. I think I would take the Bears. If it was, if it was at seven and a half, that's a key number. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. At that point, I would take the Bears. If it was seven or six and a half, I would take the Lions. And I just want to say one more thing on Jamison Williams. Clearly, he's a thin place. Like, be careful this week. He's a dark. Somebody's throw. gonna say play him in cash. <laughs> but I would only play him if you're stacking this game as a game stack because in theory, the way he hits is if this game gets nutty and they have to keep throwing and you know and that sort of thing with golf. So I would only play as part of a golf stack or a bring back on a Justin Fields stack. Yeah, and I'm going to re- double down on what bets. Thin, thin, thin dart throw. That is, <laughs> He's a thin play and a thin person. He's a good work. All right, uh, really quickly, a couple of onslaught builds that we want to talk about. I want to mention Dallas. You know how good they've been. They're throwing a ton on first down, put up a ton of points. They probably should have beaten your Eagles two weeks ago. Uh, so, dude, 
What are you Dak talking about? Dak was driving. Dude, they easily could have beat your Eagles. No, not a chance. All right. So Dallas is, you got to admit, Dallas on a heater right now. I'm terrified. Um, So t- Dallas double stacks. I think Adam Thielen's a good bring back. And Dallas, they run a bunch of man coverage. That is Adam Thielen's special. So they're also going back to Frank Reich because apparently it didn't work with Thomas Brown at OC where they scored 13, 13, and 13 points. So, um, yeah, it's it's not good. So I think Dallas onslaught builds are are in play. They're just more expensive than they were two or three weeks ago. Yeah, and deservedly so. Like you said, they've just been on fire. And once again, if Pollard attracts a bunch of roster percentage, you can play a DAC stack as leverage as we've seen the last couple of weeks. So I'm interested in in that and we'll see what the roster percentage looks like. Same thing is true with San Francisco. You know, we talked about CMC, we talked about Purdy. I think Purdy's gonna be very popular this week, but I don't think his stacking partners are going to be that popular, meaning Ayuk, uh, Debo, and Kittle. And Tampa Bay, we talked about, it's just a pass funnel. They're facing a top five pass rate of expectation defensively this year. They're allowing the fourth most 20-plus yard passes. So you could see a scenario where someone gets there, whether it's Debo, uh, Ayuk, uh, or Kittle, and those guys look like they're going to slip through the cracks this week. So I like that spot quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Next part we're going to talk about before we get to prop it like it's hot is our slate breakers of the week. And the sponsor this week is one that I did not see coming because I only thought of it five seconds ago. But um, it is a candy that my kids have gotten into recently. And maybe you too, as a kid, as a kid, this was a, uh, this was a currency for, for me. It was warheads, sour, sour warhead. Were you a big fan? Um, Kind of. Like, I remember eating them as kids and then being like, I don't actually like these, but I like, you know, I would, I would keep eating them because I was a kid, of course. So I'm not the biggest fan, but I, I have eaten them, yes. Yeah, my son Houston's getting into them, but in fifth grade, I have a very vivid memory that like Warhead was like a currency that you would trade in school. And there was like a thing going around like, oh, there's certain flavors that are more sour, the black cherry or the worst. Uh, but yeah, hit me up if you, if you were a Warhead kid because uh, they're back in my life somehow. And I want to give my slate breaker. No, uh, not right now, but I will oh. later. No, that's what I mean. Like now that your kids have them. Oh yeah. I've had them the last couple of days. Nice. <laughs> um, my slate breaker is Cooper cup, man. 8,100 on DraftKings, 8,200 on FanDuel. I think he's just a solid play. I think he's mispriced because of what we were seeing with Brett ripping farts. And now we're getting Matthew Stafford back. We know Seattle's giving it up a ton in the air. The last time. That Cooper Cup played the Seattle Seahawks at home. What if I told you that he was the wide receiver one in the slate? He went nine for 136 and two on 13 targets. And Betts is still laughing at my Brett Rippin' Farts joke. It's such a good nickname. <laughs> I'm so sad that, I mean, I'm happy Matthew Stafford is back, but I'm sad that Rippin', uh, Rippin Farts is now not in the NFL because that was just gold. I hope he makes the, uh, the t-shirt at the end of the year. That, that, that would be glorious. All right, man. Am I up? You are up. We just talked about it. I'm going to go with Justin Fields this week, which, you know, I think on FanDuel, he'll be a little too popular, which is uh, not, you can't, you know, you can still play him, but it's not as good as it is on DraftKings because when I look at the DraftKings quarterback slate, all of the roster percentage is funneling into the 5K range or, or lower six with Kyler, Brock Purdy. We talked about Geno a little bit. Sam Howell is going to get a little attention this week. But man, you know, it's tough to spend up this week. So at 6,900, Justin Fields is more than capable of finishing this slate as the QB1. And before the injury, 
his rushing usage was trending up. He had 11 for 11 and 8 uh, rush attempts. That 8 came in the game where he left early. So you're probably getting somewhere between you know, a floor of 8 and a ceiling of 12 carries in this game. We know what that is for fantasy. And then the matchup is awesome. Detroit is allowing 8 yards per attempt since week 6. And they're facing the 6th highest pass rate of expectation this year. In other words, opponents are choosing to throw. The running backs are banged up. All the sense in the world, it makes sense to me anyway, to go to Justin Fields in a spot where you can get a lot of ceiling at very minimal roster percentage. All right, one more segment. Prop it like it's hot. All right, if you want to get all of our props, you can get them in the DFS pass. As we mentioned earlier, you can save a ton of money. Try DF. I'm going to get this wrong. I need to say this right. Try DFS23 is the code. And the crazy thing about props is that if you pick the right ones, if you're not parlaying everything, you can easily make the price tag back of the DFS pass. So make sure you do that. And Betts gets to drop those off all the time in our Discord alerts you when things are ready. Betts, you go first. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on Drone Ford, Uncle Drone, 11 and a half rush attempts. Um, we talked about that game environment. It's gross. You talked about him as a cash play. And it's because we think they're going to lean very run heavy with Dorian Thompson-Robinson under center. And this is a spot where you can run the football against Pittsburgh. Jerome Ford has gotten so much work over the last couple of weeks. Um, and the really, the trend, even before these past couple of weeks, was he was taking over that backfield in a massive way, and they were leaning into him. Then he had the ankle injury, and now he's kind of been slow played back. But in the last two weeks, he's seeing a ton of work. He's cleared this line in back-to-back games. Now we expect him to run a ton. So give me the over 11.5 rush attempts on Jerome Ford. I'm going to give you a really gross one, but I kind of believe in it. It's Bryce Young over 10 and a half rushing yards. So one of the things that I equate rushing totals for quarterback isn't just how mobile are they, but what kind of pass rush do they get? So with Dallas, you know, you're getting a crazy pressure rate and Bryce Young is the lowest graded passer in the league under pressure. But what pressure also does is it creates scrambles and you want more scramble opportunities for, for quarterbacks. He's passed this line each of the last three games, Dallas has allowed opposing quarterbacks to surpass this line of 10 and a half yards every single game except for Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, and Matthew Stafford. So pocket quarterbacks. Everybody else, even your boy Tommy DeVito, got it last week. So I really do like 10 and a half rushing yards for Bryce Young to surpass that if he survives. If he gets knocked out, I'm really sorry. But uh, over 10 and a half rushing yards for Bryce Young. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It's our DraftKings League. Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg plus Bets. We have contests that are live right now. Bets will probably open up a couple of fun ones for Thanksgiving next week, which those are the super fun ones. By the way, our schedule next week, we will still have a podcast that release on Tuesday as usual. That will be the Thanksgiving slate. So we will specifically preview just the games that are showing up on Thursday. There's also a Black Friday game this week. Uh, this next week. So that's Dolphins and Jets. If you are just a true sicko and you didn't spend enough time with your family on Thursday, you could do the same thing on Friday and look at another game. And then we'll have our regular main slate podcast come out on uh, the following Friday. So you can play in all of our tournaments. Go to ballersdfs.com. Bets. Sign us off. You know, Kyle, anytime we have a slate in front of us where we hyped up Jameson Williams you know it's going to be a good week. So we're taking the over on Bryce Young. We're playing Jameson Williams. What could go wrong this week? Uh, come play with us, like Kyle said, ballersdfs.com. And if you want to try out DFS Pass, 
Now is the time to do it. Good luck this weekend. We will see you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.